Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast, the first Premier League game of 2024. What does 2024 have in store for Aston Villa in the Premier League? Very, very excited um, and hopefully it's got a lot in store for us. Uh, But up first, we are away at Everton. And we've been doing pretty good against Everton recently, albeit apart from in the League Cup this season. Justin, how are you? Good evening. Yeah, <clears throat> very good. Thank you. Looking forward to this one, getting things back up and running in the new year, where we left off, hopefully. Well, yeah. I mean, we want to, well, yeah, we want to leave where we left off. We've been I winning. <laughs> yeah, we've won. So the form is back to normal, I think. Um, so, yeah, we've just got to. I think reset and just get ready to go again, if that makes sense. I don't want to sound it like, like it feels like we need to take a deep breath. Yeah. And then just yeah. crack on. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm absolutely loving life as a Villa fan at the minute. So, you know, I, I think we can be everybody. I look forward to every game. I look forward to the, you know, the, the, the what's in front of us. And I think, the team's evolving, the manager's growing in his in his presence of being Villa manager. And yeah, it's just all good things coming out of Aston Villa. And I think it, it's really well set for sort of this part of the season now. So um, yeah, shout out to everybody that enjoyed my low block episode as well. If you are new to the channel, subscribe, hit a like and comment your thoughts down below. Then so Everton. <clears throat> a team which in the Premier League we've done very well recently. We seem to have got their number a little bit, especially at home. We won away there last season as well. Emi Buendia, brilliant finish. Um, I think Watkins scored a penalty as well. So we're doing quite well against Everton. And I've got to admit, I'm actually quite liking Dyshball. I think he's he's such... He's such a nice, he's such a nice guy. I think he's like he's a nice Genuine. guy, and I, I I just love his like no shit philosophy. Like I love it. Like he doesn't he doesn't care, does he? Like when he was at Burnley and it was snowing and there was a pitch inspection, and he just comes out with his shirt on, no coat on, shit coat by the way, as John McGinn put it. <laughs> but I I just like him, and you know he. It's a very difficult style to play against, but it's very, very effective and it gets results. And yeah, it's not the greatest of styles. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to swap it for the Villa style, but, you know, that style is so effective and it works really, really well. And, you know, you look at the Premier League table and you think, okay, Everton are, are, you know, they're okay. They're doing all right. They're Still in a bit of a relegation mix because they're not far enough away. But you take that points deduction out the way and they're having a proper good season. You know, they're doing really, really well. Um, it's a, a fully functioning Deutsch team now. Um, they have lost their last few games. I have to put in there as well. But before that, they were doing really well. Justin, what have you made of Everton? And uh, the re emergence of Deutsch ball? Yeah, 
obviously, there are clubs as close to Villa as, as I think there is in the Premier League. You know, growing up, it was Spurs, Villa, Everton. I always felt were a similar size club, a similar similar set of fan base. You know, fans were very you know passionate about their clubs. So I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for Everton, um, and I think he's doing a really, really good job. Ten point deduction could have been a hammer blow to the season. They haven't been in good form for a few years now. They felt a little bit like they were Villa a few years ago when we we were just circling around that plug hole ready to drop. But I think, like you say, he's definitely he settled the ship. Not only settled the ship, but he's pushing them in the right direction. And and I always felt, even with the ten point deduction, that they would get clear of that of that bottom of bottom of the table. And like you say, without it, they'd be twenty six points now, and they'd be three points off Newcastle, five points off Man United. So. They're doing well, so don't let the table fool you. They're, they're, they're a very dangerous side. Everton, as you will find out on, on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, I can't remember when it is Sunday, isn't it? When you go, <clears throat> is a very tough place to go. It's a, it's a, the, the fans are very close in on the pitch. It's an old-fashioned stadium, hence the, while they're moving now, they're relocating to a phenomenal stadium You know, on Stanley Docks. Um, it's a tough, tough place to go. We have to start well. We have to get on top of them early. If they get momentum in the game, they get an early goal with the fans, with the backs against the wall, with a you know, all against us mentality we've managed to sort of garner from the deduction. It could be a really tricky, tricky afternoon for us. So we've got to be very, very careful. We've got to be on our best behaviour. And I do like Dice. I'm like you, you know, I wouldn't like to see that football at Villa, but I think we've been spoilt with what we've got at the moment. That's the only reason why not. I'm not being horrible to him. He he feels like a modern day Sam Allardyce, doesn't he? Where, you know, he <laughs> He got a way of playing, and it's bugger to everyone else. This is the way I'm playing, and I buy players to fit into that system, and and it's working for him at the moment. Um, tough game, really tough game. So if we're going to carry on this, you know, form of the season, it's one of these games where you got to tick it off and get a result. It feels a bit like Brentford away, a really tough place to go. We're going to have to be our best and nick nick a nick a, a narrow win, I think. Yeah, Hopefully. definitely. We'll do the predictive lineup, and we'll go into more in depth on you know how they're playing. We did it at the start of the season, but we'll do it again where we, we know a little bit more about what they're trying to do. But you know, he, he, he's starting to get a tune out of some players as well. Dodge McNeil, he, yep. he looks like he's going to be missing this game, so that's a big plus for Aston Villa. Calvert Lewin, red card, potentially he's going to be out if that doesn't get rescinded. But Decore, look, Decore is a completely different player now, playing in that sort of number 10 slash number six, so effective. You know, and Decore is having an absolute fantastic season. He's missed quite a few games for them recently as well, so he's a big blow. But also, Branthway at the back, what a centre-half he is. He's absolutely mm. quality, so... You know, they've really got some good players. Onana, I've spoke about on this podcast before, how much I really, really rate Onana. Um, Arsenal are now sniffing round him. Jack Harrison, good player on his day. Uh, so they've got some really good players. Idrissa Garner, he's gone to AFCON, so he's going to be out for them as well. But, you know, a really likeable team, a hard-working team a club that I really respect and a club that I really, really like. So, you know, it's going to be a difficult game. Like I mentioned on the the low block episode that I did about how, you know, we have to negate teams that, you know, play a bit defensive at times. And 
What you don't want to do, like what you've said, is concede early at Goodison. No. That would be the absolute <laughs> worst thing to do because Mountain you know, to climb. with that with their atmosphere, how difficult they they can make it for you. You know, it's important that we really do control this game, and we are possession based, complete control, and we start to get into that psyche now of doing a job and doing the Aston Villa job. And I think that's something that's important and something that, you know, I really want to see going into the back end of this season now. You know, we've, we're over halfway now. So, you know, yes, it's nice to get really good performances. Yes, we want to play really well. But I'm at a phase now where I'm like, I just want to win football matches. I don't care. If we win this game 1-0, I don't care one bit as long as we win the game and we keep going. And yes, we might see better performances where we might win two or three further down the line. But at the minute, I just want to see us win. And, and that's just where I am. And I'm, I'm just being brutally honest. So uh, we'll go through some of the slides then. Uh, and then I'll, I'll stop and, and get Justin's thoughts on it as well. And so uh, we'll go with sharing the screen to start with. So head-to-head -head record. We've done these all the time and generally they're not great reading and there's some clubs where they've become quite good reading and um, Everton are one of those clubs where we've in recent times sort of got the better hand on them. So played 57 times in the Premier League era. We've drawn 19. We've got 16 home wins and nine away wins and they've got nine home wins. You can see the recent meetings, an Aston Villa 4-0 win, a 2-0 Villa win and a 2-1 Villa win. So, again, really good. It's going well so far, Justin. Uh, yeah. Form guide, we've got Villa. Okay, not that many reds. I'm all right with that. So, we've got the Arsenal win, Brentford win, Sheffield United draw, United loss and Burnley victory. And then we've got Everton's last Five games, won two and lost the last three. Decore has missed the last three and they haven't won a game. So this just shows how important and how integral Decore is to getting Everton ticking. Uh, and then so far this season, we're second. Yes, we are second uh, with 13 wins, three draws and four losses. Justin, have you not done that thing yet where... Um, every now and again, you'll do all the results towards the end of the season. You know, you sometimes do that. Yeah, not no. yet. Um, oh, I, <laughs> I am going to do one, and I'm going to do it with twelve games to go. That's when I've decided okay. if we're still in amongst <laughs> it by that point, which I hope we are. Then I'm going to start my count because the last time I did that, we were had no chance of stopping up. Yeah, and I predicted we would, and we did. So that's what will come very soon, hopefully. Yeah, I think you did one last year as well, didn't you? I last think. year to finish seventh as well, yeah. But you always yeah, get it up. pretty much bang on. So um, yeah. if anyone's not following Justin on X or Twitter, what it used to be called, follow him because he gets this little scrappy piece of paper and he just Jot drops down the his notes. What, and, I yeah. well, what I do is I look at the... I look at, like, when we stayed up, I looked at how many points we roughed over the last 10 seasons you need to stay up. And then I averaged it out, and then I worked out where we would get our wins from to get to that point, and we did. And I did the same last year, how many points you need roughly over the last 10 seasons to finish seventh, which was Europe, and we did it. So this year I'm going to do it for 
depending where we are, Champions League or the title. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine oh, my God. That. Mental. Right, love this graphic. Absolutely love it. I do. And um, it really shows you what teams are all about <laughs> and how they play. Um, so, as you can see, just below, I think just past West Ham, uh, I would say Everton are the next best direct transitional football team in the league. You have got Everton. So what you can see is that you've got their, that they are fast and direct. The direct speed of their attacks, sort of like 1.9. And then you've got the passing sequence. So you can see that there are 2.8 passes per sequence with a speed of 1.9, whereas West Ham are 3.3 with the same sort of speed. And then you can see Aston Villa are in that slow and intricate section, but we are closer towards fast and direct, which means that we are quite adapt we know we're adaptable, don't we? We know we can go long. Yeah. We know we can be direct, but we also know that we can keep the ball and keep possession as well. I'd say that that crosshair there right in the middle is the is the what you would want the perfect place to be because you are then like we know we are and it's a very good illustration of of what kind of team we are we're a really good all-round team we probably do lean a bit more towards the slow and intricate side but we're also when we have to be very dynamic you know on the turnover uh, and obviously up top we're quite quick so i would say that's almost the perfect place to mm. be in you know um and it's sort of borne out by the results isn't it yeah, I've been looking at this graphic thinking, you know, in my head, like, where would we want to be? And I, I think you're right, to be fair, because if you are middle, sort of, yeah. if you are in the middle, it shows that you can do a bit of both. I mean, look at Man City down there. Well, that's like, ridiculous. They're, they're, they are literally slow and intricate. There's, Honestly, there's nothing I, else. I was looking at that graphic <laughs> thinking, where is Man City? It took me a couple of minutes to realise they're right <laughs> down in that bottom corner. <laughs> I do think he's he's gone too far on it. I think that's also looking at where they are this season. They have struggled a bit considering yeah. how they normally play. And that might be one of the reasons. They're just too slow and predictable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, here, another graphic that we like to show. Uh, and they are always pretty telling, aren't they? You know, whenever we do these and we see uh, at Villa Park especially, you know, the blue is where Everton are comfortable with the ball. The grey are contested areas. So it's neither them having more dominance or neither the opposition. And the red is where the opposition have most of the ball against Everton. So, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about a team that's playing in transition, on the break, counter-attacking, they're relinquishing territory. And this graphic, to me, illustrates how those type of teams play. They're defensive, dogged, determined, don't have the ball too much and just look to hit you on the break. Um, and this shows that, you know, perfectly to me. And I always like to show Aston Villas as well. So I think when I show Villas, it's, it's pretty fair at mirroring it. So again, the blue is where we are comfortable with the ball. So you can see we're playing out from the back. You can see that we are playing into central midfield. There was a lot of con contested and con you know contested areas where it's neither us or the opposition, which is not really a bad thing because if you are 
on that game, winning that battle on that specific side, then you're going to have the dominance in that game. And then the red is where the opposition generally have most of the ball against Aston Villa. So ideally, you want it to be all blue, which shows that you are dominating the whole picture. Greys are okay because, like I say, we're not winning those, but we're not losing them. So there's a battle going on per game. And then the red is the opposition. And then we've got this little graphic here that I'd like to show you as well. So it's basically showing the, the Premier League table, but it's showing the um, XG from open play. So you can see here that all the teams that are in and around Everton are far lower than what Everton's are. And this shows that Everton are outperforming their position in the league. And that will show that because they've got that 10 points deduction, you know, they're better than all the teams around them. So they've got an XG of 21 from open play and they've scored 13 goals from open play. So, you know, shows that sort of like the chances that they're creating 189 is far greater than, than the teams that are in and around them. I think we're at the 200 and, 200 and something, but I have to crop the image. Uh, this is how... They lined up against Wolves. They lost 3-0. They went with a five at the back against Wolves. I think he's going for a five at the back because Decore's out. When Decore plays, it's generally looking like a 4-4-1-1 with Decore making up a three midfield, but sort of being that player that sort of breaks through the line, supports Calvert-Lewin, but also then will help out in central midfield as well. So last couple of games, he has gone to this five at the back. So be interesting to see whether Decore is back. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, McNeil's going to be out and then Calvert-Lewin might be out as well. So I'd imagine on that left-hand side, he might go with Dan Juma and then up top it will possibly be Beto up top as well. Uh, you've got the average positions here that you can see against Wolves. And then you've got their passing network, which which is a good it's a good network. That is to be fair, you know they're all touching the ball, they're all having a bit of possession. Uh, last time I saw Everton, they lost to Spurs, and I thought they were really really good against Spurs. Uh, and then finally, I want to talk about Kamara, Justin, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. The role of Kamara in this team is becoming really, really important. And I think we've seen with him missing those three games that not only do we miss the like his tackling ability, he's winning the ball back, he's cutting out passing lanes, his actual work that he does in this system of dropping deeper and supporting the back three when the left back goes forward. So uh, on the screen, you can see his heat map. This was his heat map against Middlesbrough. Uh, but again, it just this heat map could have been against anybody. It shows, you know, where he's on the pitch. So have you been surprised how important Kamara is to us? Or did you always feel like he was this important? Not really surprised because we all saw the emergence when he signed and it became very evident very, very quickly just how good this lad was. Even in the Gerard era where he was, you know, our form was horrific. You know, he always stood out, didn't he? So, no, I'm not surprised. But the evolution of every player under Unai Emery has been startling. 
but to sort of have a player of his ability at the age that he is doing what he's doing in the Premier League effortlessly, like he's played in it for 10 years, it's it's so important to us. Like you've just alluded to there, them three games where we missed him, we didn't half miss him. you know. And I would go as far as to say we'd have probably won all three, I think, if Kamara <laughs> played. I do, honestly. I do, we'd have beat because, United. Yeah. We'd have beat United. We'd have beat, we'd have beat Sheffield United at home as well, I think. Um I, I, you know the the players that are, we, we've we've all been we all know we've been through a little bit of a dip, right? And that's not degrading what they've done because our form hasn't been as good. We've been getting results, yes. We've been getting over the line in games, yes, and it's been great to see. And we've done it without three incredibly important players. You know, Pau Torres at the back is so important to us. The way we play, the way we set up, the way he plays out from the back, his calmness on the ball, his reading of the game, his distribution, his use of the ball, his left foot. Key, key factors in how Villa play and why we are doing so well. Kamara next to Louise, they've struck up an incredible relationship in the middle of the park and they know each other's games inside out and, and they just love playing together. They know where each other is, is when they are, you know, when they're on that pitch together. And, the way he's developed into this sort of auxiliary right-sided centre half when, when we're attacking, you know, it's that drilled into the kid. He knows he knows the the, the 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 position that well that he doesn't have to think about it. You know, the ball's there, I'm here. The ball's there, I'm there. And then when we're under pressure, when they're breaking on us, bang, he's there. His, his tracking is amazing. His recovery is, is fantastic. His pace is good. His energy levels are amazing. His footballing IQ is phenomenal. His use of the ball is great. You know, and then the the other one added into that. I put a tweet out the other day, and, and I just sat there thinking about him. And you know, at the start of the season, Yuri Tillman struggled to get in this side, and we all started questioning. You know, I'd read a few little things and bits and bobs from Leicester fans saying, "Oh, his legs have gone. He's not the player he was." Blah blah blah. And when he didn't break into our side, and when he played the odd half an hour here and there, he, he didn't show how good he was. And then all of a sudden, bang, he got in the side. And he just improved game on game on game, and to the point where he became one of the one of the first names on the team sheet. In that four in the middle with McGinn and Louise and Kamara and Tiedemans, I'd argue there's not many better four midfielders in the Premier League than them four. So we've done really, really, really well to get the points and to be still where we are with those three players have been so integral to our season being out. So hopefully, at least two of them are back against Everton. But yeah, Kamara. Amazing player, phenomenal player. I think um, someone else tweeted about Kamara. Is it um, Luis Achigarai? He said that he feels like he could become one of our all-time great centre midfielders. And as it stands, I wouldn't argue with him at the moment. The trajectory of his career and his ability-wise, you know, he's got a massively high ceiling in the lad. And if we can keep holding him for the next five to ten years, then that means we are in a fantastic place because he's on the course to be one of the best midfielders in, in Europe and not just in the Premier League. The other thing is as well, he's 24. Exactly. He's 24. Exactly. Kamara is 24 and Tielemans is 26. And Louise you know, is what? A little bit younger? Let's have a look. I think Louis is 25. Let, let me just have a quick look at Douglas. I think he's, is he 25? Oh, um, he's older than I thought then. I think I forget how long he's been at Villa. Yeah, tw- but, you know, they- so Douglas Lewis well, is 25, Kamara's 24, what? and Telemans is 26. 
you know that I, midfield there has got so many on. it's got so many years again? left in it what is he 28 is he about is he... 29 um god this is a big when you think those three there? players while you're looking when you think those three players i've just mentioned torres Tiedemann's both signed in the summer and and Kamara the summer before are three of our newest players and that they are totally integral to the way we play and, and incredibly important so I'm so pleased two of them are back and I'm hoping that uh, Tiedemann's is not that far behind them yeah McGinn's 29 Ramsey's right, 22 so we've got a 22 a 25 a 26 a 28 and a 29 Conser's I mean, 26. Yeah, that midfield potentially could be our midfield for the next three or four seasons. Yeah, that's, in, that's incredible. And they're only going to improve, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so a bit more on Kamara because some players go under the radar a bit. And because they are not goal scorers, because they are not tricky wingers, because they don't assist, I feel like, you know what I do the thumbnails? I always feel like I have to put Kamara on every now and again because he don't get the sort of spotlight and the limelight that he actually really deserves because he's class. Uh, so, Kamara, so far this season, so far score rating of a 7.01, which for me, any player that gets in and around a 7 come the end of a season on sofa score has had a really good season. So when we do transfer hubs and we're looking at ratings... I'm looking for that. That's my benchmark. But you can see here, heat map. Look at that heat map there. It's it's lovely. It's just complete, solid Kamara down that right-hand side. Absolutely brilliant. And if we have a look at some of his numbers so far this season, some of the things that I think he's doing really, really well. One assist, brilliant. But look at this. Passing accuracy per game, 90%. 90% passing accuracy per game, 94% in his own half. So when he's picking up the ball in his own half, it's 94. And in the opposition half, it's 86. Accuracy of long balls, 59%. Chipped passes, 68. And this is where we start getting into like the big number here. And there's one big number which is just mind-blowing. So interceptions per game, 1.1. Tackles per game, 2.3. Ball recoveries per game, 4.9. He's nearly recovering the ball five times a game. Uh, he's, only, he's been dribbled past 1.1. We've got successful dribbles, 50%. Duels won, 51. Ground duels, 52. Aerial duels, 46, which possibly could be a little bit higher. Uh, and we've got six yellows and one red card. And that is the end of my little loving of Bubakar Kamara because we're going to need him. We're going to need him big time coming up. You know, <coughs> we've seen now how crucial he is to our team. And, you know, I think when we look at our team and we think, yeah, you know, what would we do without Watkins? And everybody goes, you know, We'd have a mayor without Watkins, but we'd also have a mayor without certain players. And we're starting to see that with Pau and Kamara. And, you know, we're a functioning team that works so well together. And every little piece just entwined with our team just gets it ticking and purring and working beautifully. So, uh, yeah, I'll give you, Kamara. I'll give you a positive. Fast. 
So then, I'll give you a positive on Kamara, right? We, he's been out for three games, and we are second in the league. And he's had a lovely little break from football, <laughs> where he's recharged his batteries, <laughs> and he's ready to go for the last however many games we've got of the season. And we second in the league, fourth round of the cup, and through to the next round of the Europa Conference League, and he's ready to fire. <laughs> love it. I love it. Right. We'll have a we'll go score no. Yeah, we'll go score predictions because we weren't doing them for a bit because we were doing all right and then now we, we've had a bit of a a wobbly patch. Uh but I'm gonna go with a one of them aways, a bit like last year, where we proper do the proper do a good away day job. You know, we defend well, we attack well, we control the game well. They've got some big players out. You know, if you're talking McNeil, Calvert-Lewin, Decore, if he's still out, you know, we can get the job done. So I'm going to go 2-0 Aston Villa. Justin? Well, I went last year and it was 2-0 Aston Villa. It was, like you say, it's a very professional job. Good afternoon. I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going for a win, surprise, surprise. Uh, but I think it will be a little bit closer than that. So 2-1 for me, but we will get over the line. Lovely stuff. Right. Hopefully you've all enjoyed our match preview. Make sure you're commenting your thoughts. Subscribe to the channel. Drop a like. Do all of the, the usual good stuff. If you want to see some other content, and you can head over to our TikTok, where we're pretty much uploading quite regularly on there now as well. So, uh, yeah, head over to TikTok. And, yeah, cheers, everyone. Up the villa. Up the villa.